fucking Mandalorians over here. Mandalorians. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think the biggest news I saw today was what Rick Fumayua said. Did you see that? I don't know. Hold on, everybody. We're here. How you doing? I'm Frank. AJ, how you doing tonight? I'm well, man. We uh, So we really on purpose waited to record the episode of The Mandalorian because we remembered that Star Wars celebration was happening and we knew there was going to be news. Plenty of stuff to talk about. <laughs> plenty, plenty of stuff. So uh, tell me about Rick Famuyiwa. What was going on? So I think today it got posted. I don't know if he was on a panel today or in the last couple of days. Mm. But one of the articles I saw was that Rick Fumiyiwa has stated that, you know, Din Djarin is no longer really the sole focus of The Mandalorian. I I saw that the other day that it's like, I think even Filoni said something like that. It's like The Mandalorian is kind of no longer just Din. Like, uh, it, it, like basically what you just said. It's like... yeah. Uh, yeah, this is it. I think it's been that it's been interesting as we've been on the journey of the show. And now that we're at this point, is that what does that title mean? So, like, I mean, clearly, and we were talking about this before, like, Bo-Katan's the starring character, too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, like, maybe when they first started making the show... Well, we know that they wanted to make a Boba Fett movie. It kind of became this show. Maybe Dave Filoni was like, man, I really want to make a Bo-Katan show. But he's like, John and, and Kathleen were like, no one's going to watch that. We can't I, get there yet. We like, Yeah. <laughs> so like, we can tell the, the story of the Mandalorians, but like, let's introduce a new character. Let's bring in a little twisty baby and, uh, you know, hook people in with all those... Uh, the the member berries and uh and then we can get into the Bo-Katan stuff. Dave, is that cool? He's like, sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I I completely agree with you on that theory, man. You know, I think that you know, we're one of the things I think that we don't have really that I think we were gonna get, but we did we don't have I we don't have the Kevin Feige right mm -hmm. yet. That doesn't mean to say that there isn't gonna be one or or Maybe there is one behind the scenes we don't know about. There isn't a George Lucas. There isn't a main person, a point guy, who has thought out, let alone, there isn't really, at this point, even really canon that is pointing the studio in any kind of direction. So what there right. so what so Star Wars is evolving day by day, year to year, show to show, movie to movie. So with that all being said, it makes sense to me that the Mandalorian would grow and change as they saw that we appreciated and were validating the interconnectedness that the Mandalorian was bringing in the first two seasons. Right. You know, ha, you know, the, Boba Fett is a victim of the pandemic and of the fact that it was sped along. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it had it could have done a lot better. Um, but yeah, like, we it, just even in the story structure that was Obi Wan, the way that you're telling the story going forward, you know, and not, you know, using the uh, anyway. 
Uh, <laughs> we've been there a thousand we, times. We've been there a thousand. L- listen, today we're here to talk about uh, season three, episode six of Mandalorian and some Chapter Star Wars. Chapter 22, Guns for Hire. Uh, I got to say, um, to me, just overall first reactions, this felt very Star Trek to me. The most Star Trek a Mandalorian has felt. I know that people are saying CSI. I know people are saying procedural or law and order. Um, to me, this felt the most Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, we're... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what planet is coming up on our uh, on our view screen today? And then <laughs> it's like we got to go down and deal with this problem. And they do their problem, and then they leave. You're not yeah. wrong. You're not wrong. You know, it, it really. Um, the beginning. Uh, open the cold open I thought was really creative and fun mm-hmm. I'm excited to explore more of that I think that one of the things we're getting is going to be more of these side questy kind of stories I think that's where there is uncharted ground to tread in Star Wars so I think to have this little intercut scene of this you know uh, Romeo and Juliet <laughs> <laughs> Mon Calamari uh, Quarren uh, <laughs> romance it's like so fucking funny it's it's wild, man. I mean, what's the, how does that even work? I mean, I get that love is very powerful, but like you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I I mean, we have kids. I like to fuck. I don't know how they fuck. But, <laughs> listen, they they're both they're both from the same planet. They're uh-huh. both fish people. They probably just have eggs that they gotta fertilize. It's fine. Uh, it's a fertilization situation. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, listen, we got to get into the biology. Uh, I really liked the her in the water tube. Yeah, I thought that was very creative. Um, just like you guys can all sit. I'm gonna float. I love that. I'm that the was captain. that was very cool. Um, I loved their ship. I thought the ship looked really sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. That whole opening, that whole opening sequence. I was definitely right. What did you think of that? I thought it was great, and it set up the you know the other Mandalorians that we saw last season that used to be with with Bo-Katan and like I kind of written them off like she was like yeah my people left me whatever like we're never going to see them again like it's not like we'll see other Mandalorians and it's it is what it is but um they also have talked about them enough times now to be like okay but like they didn't name drop them no that was kind of where I was like maybe they don't give a shit about these guys (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, you know, for them to be like, yeah, we're we're Mandalorians for hire. We're, you know, sorry, uh, sorry about love, but we're here to do a job, and uh, you got to go. You got to fucking go, man. Yeah. Uh, I thought they listen, and the cruiser sequence. I thought that looked very great. I, you know, you know me. I love the models. I love the practical. They are. It seems like the CGI is modeling the practical effects. Like it just it that the well, blue glow on the back of the Star Destroyer. Well, I mean, just, even even going back to season one, they were using models on the show. Dude, it it looked it just looked great. It I looked, think they probably still are because that that's just like so inherently like ingrained in Star Wars. I feel like yeah, they the they, motion capture, the motion control, like fucking they watched the that. Light and Magic uh, documentary series, they, and we're like, hell yeah, hell yeah, fuck yes, we have to bring that back. Um, um, okay, so cold open aside, we're landing on the Epcot planet. That is so the craziest, <laughs> the craziest democracy gone awry. 
Um, <laughs> Plazier fifteen. Yeah. Um, okay, what's your overall take from that? Would you like? What do you think about this planet? <sighs> yeah, I mean, it, it it very it very much felt like okay, this is way too good to be true. Like, what is going on? Why is it so pretty? What's, you know, the other shoe's going to drop kind of situation. And, like, right, you know, not in, like, a terrible, terrible way, but, you know, the, they get in, and all of a sudden their ship is being controlled by, you know, the, the fucking droids. Like, they can't even, they can't even go where they want to go, and they get totally sidetracked. And it's like... Yeah, I mean, sometimes you, sometimes you're running an errand and the shop is closed. Sometimes you can't do the thing you want to do. Uh, so it felt a little bit like sort of real there, but you know, and like this is classic, classic Star Wars in that like, I mean, at least in terms of like the animated shows, like not the movies for sure, but you know, a lot of times you're like, all right, well, this is what we're gonna do, and then especially Clone Wars, you're, you're now on a three episode arc and you're teaching people how to fight. <laughs> you know, yeah. Whatever. Like, um, so yeah, it's, um, it's fine, but you're, you're right. It does feel a little bit out there. This, this episode was very divisive. I'll also say, like, I feel like yes, more I so than, I mean, I feel like a lot of the season people have been a little bit kind of on, but, um, well, so Hmm. I will say it's changed. You know, you know, I kind of understand if you were really digging seasons one and two and then you blew your load on the season two season finale, um, you know, that this season can be different for you. I think at this point I'm willing to admit that. But what I'm going to also say is that the season is not finished, that we know we are in for many, many seasons of Mandalorian, let alone other shows that are going to tie in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another thing we can kind of sprinkle in here is that uh, I think Kathy Kennedy said today that the Filoni movie is six to seven years out. Whoa. Isn't that nuts? That is nuts. So, and here, like, back to, like, the, the point you were making before, like, oh, who's the main character of the Mandalorian? I think... I think it would have been really really um jarring if all of a sudden this episode became a Bo-Katan mission totally and yes. Din Djarin wasn't there yeah that would have been fucking weird they they they've made the choice for them to go on this journey together they are they have been in several episodes together in a row now this is this is their story they're both like seeing it through and there are other Mandalorians. They're not all going to be there in every episode. But it seems to me, like, until they're uh, separated, they're, they're, which they chose not to separate them here, they're, this yeah. is their story. Totally. And you're right about the side quest thing. You know what? It's very interesting because this is also season three. And if you think about season three in Seinfeld, the pen... <laughs> I, I knew you were going to go to Seinfeld. When, <laughs> when Jerry and Elaine go on there, when they go to Florida and you're on this mission, you're yeah. not on this mission, but you're on this trip, you know, it definitely feels removed. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have, you know, this maybe has a little bit of that 
uh, flavor in there. Thank you for putting that out. I, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Um, okay, so the monorail, the uh, uh, spaceship Earth. Um, I also, okay, so we have to get into the main shit. I'm sure you've been listening to the podcast now for over 10 minutes. And we have not mentioned <laughs> uh, what I'm sure you're all waiting for us to talk about. So here's the deal. So Cameo City. Cameo City. I think Frank and I are usually very forgiving of cameos in a couple uh, respects, right? Yeah. Me and you like when they count towards the story. Me and you like when they're fun. Uh, and we both appreciate... Um, Fans the, the of way, Star Wars that want to be a part of the thing. Exactly. That, like, you know, to... Uh, if you think about Daniel Craig's cameo in, like, Force Awakens, yeah, right? Like, it's fun. If you really listen, you can kind of hear his voice, but if you're not paying attention, it, it goes right over. It doesn't matter. You know, we know that there are plenty of other uh, really famous people who got to be stormtroopers in Force Awakens and a couple of the sequel movies. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, as long as it's fun and it makes it, it doesn't hurt or detract from the story, then I think we're me and you are pretty much always all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, to me and I watched this episode twice. Oh, you did. Yeah, I did. Um, I think we had the first one where uh, I would say a couple of things went wrong. Um, one. Um, the idea that Lizzo and Jack Black are going to be a married couple, but they're not going to kiss, and when we're going to have like them be together uh, immediately is a lot. It, you know, it, it could have been one thing to introduce Jack Black and or Lizzo separately. Yeah. But to go both and do the bang bang is a lot. And then on top of that, you also have a really great cameo in Christopher Lloyd. Um, that while I think is fun and totally fits within your and my parameters, um, this is going to be forever known as the great cameo debacle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, like it, it, it could have one. Yeah. It could even have two, but three, but three it's fucking bold. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know kind of what they were thinking here. Like, you know, the the Christopher Lloyd one, it's like, like, I get it. Okay, so you're going to a planet you've never been to before. Some stuff is going to happen, and then they're going to leave. And so you need to fill this space with characters, and they do this all the time, right? But nine times out of ten, they're interacting with aliens. They're interacting with droids. They're, there's, like, one human character that they can be like, oh, or you can have, like, one person, like, oh, a voice here. Because, I mean, pretty much every episode, there's got somebody. Has really big voice talent, yeah. There's somebody there that it's like, oh, that was that person. Cool. Um, So I don't know. (sighs) Look, I love Jack Black. I love Lizzo. I love Christopher Lloyd. All in and of themselves. Mm. Uh, ZB was just mentioning this, that it's like Lizzo, not an actor. She's not. She. she's not. Um, and that maybe is probably the area where it took most people out. And I could see that like, 
and maybe they gave her too much and they gave her like they were a little too confident in her abilities to to like rain it like just have her play with baby yoda in the background and be like oh my god that's lizzo like playing flute with him or something like well i want to i want to weigh in okay so i i i kind of waited because i i while i agree with both you and uh lord zb uh what i will say is to me both both jack black and christopher lloyd seem like our boys right they seem like places within our wheelhouse that um fit within the context of the Mandalorian for a cameo. I think Lizzo, given that she has never acted in anything before to go directly to star Wars is, I'm not going to say it's a lot. I'm going to say that this seems to me like a studio choice. Like to me, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem to me that this is something that, uh, anybody working on this show could have, said no to. I think somebody, an executive level person, saw Christopher Lloyd and Jack Black and was like, okay, you got your boomers, you got your Gen X, and you got your millennials. Who do you have for Gen Z? And they were like, okay, well, you know, we have to get somebody. And they're like, okay, we're going to get Lizzo. And then they call Lizzo. And and I imagine when they call you and say, do you want to be in a Star War? People generally react positively to that cult. Yeah, of course. I love Star you know, Wars. You know? Yeah. So when they bring you in, you know, they 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 are notoriously very vague. They're notoriously very um, uh, withholding from what information you get to see. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing we saw, though, is that all of these characters interact. Right. Right. So to keep this level of a leak so tight again speaks to the tremendous work that they're doing at star Wars to reduce spoilers. Cause to me, this would seem like one of the, one of the spoilers for a season that would come out six months ago. Well, but you know what the thing is like back to the way that they film this thing. Like I know they've gotten a lot better, but a lot of things they just film on a set. Yep. It's like, so they're not outside. They, you know, they throw coats over these people as they're walking in and like, you never know who's coming in and out. Um, I was just looking up uh, Lizzo's like recent stuff because I'm like, I remember I was like, does she have like a Disney Plus deal? No, it's HBO Max. So I right. I thought that there was like a, maybe a reason like she was like in the Disney family now, but she's not even. No. So I, I, the, the, the dots don't connect. Like, I don't really know. I, mean, I think you, you may have a point like that. Someone was like, we, let's get Lizzo or is like a super fan of Lizzo. Right. I'm not even super convinced that she's a super it fan of Star it could Wars. Have, it could have also been. And I, and I hate to throw her under the bus here. Could have been Bryce. It could have been Bryce. It seems like a Bryce call. Could have been. Maybe she's a big fan of 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 Lizzo. Like uh, totally, and she's right to be a fan of her. I mean, I love her. She's we're, amazing. We're we're we we're big we're big fans of her. You know, and also to me, I think the the coolest part about her co- character that was not carried through the rest of the episode, and I didn't understand this, was in her when you first see Lizzo, she has this awesome like holographic cape that is like standing behind her mm-hmm. that is only in her first shot. Oh, interesting. And then theoretically that's still within the same day or within a couple hours of when we first meet them. I don't think we're there really for longer than 
a day. And if no. she's, I mean, there's if no she's, way Din Djarin is like, you could baby. They're not there for a week, Grogu right? for this whole time, right? Like they're like, watch the kid. We'll be right back. <laughs> Why wouldn't they add that on in the second shot? To me, it seemed very hmm. like one of the things that like you know the visual effects people can can skip on. Yeah. And you know, even though we have you know manta rays swimming through the ceiling and all the great creatures, and there were some fabulous creatures. The creature work in this episode is very good. Yeah. Um, I also. Um, I want to get into uh, it's kind of to shift and get off the negative. I think the battle droid sequence in this episode um, is huge. Yeah. Um, the sequence where they're interacting with the battle droid Foreman, mm-hmm. I think, is the best, the best we've ever seen um, live action characters interacting with one with a B one. Like it, it just it looks so fluid. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty the, sure that's voiced by the. The guy that does all the 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 droids in Clone Wars, I think, is uh, that's tight as hell. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, like he just he's awesome. Matt Matthew Wood, I want to say his name is. I just the way that it, even if they, I'm sure that they did motion capture, like just the way that the droid moved, its mannerisms. You know, you could t- you know the kind of the idea that it's been inactive for a very long time. You know, yeah. you got to think this. These droids have been active through the entire events of the original trilogy. Yeah. You know, so like they obviously have quirks and are very, you know, sophisticated. Um, I thought the super battle droid chase sequence was really I, I well love, done. I love, love that didn't just kick at him. Yeah, he's just he's just fucking it's like he's, which one of you is going to get pissed off? Totally. And it, you know, I thought that it, it reminded me very much of the unused Star Wars pilot. Have you ever watched that footage the, on like, YouTube? Is it the like underground? Yeah, the like the 2009 2010 show they never made. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looked very much like that, but it also, you know, I, I think that they're very smart in the character design of Din being so shiny and reflective. Like it just looks so great with the stuff they're able to do in the volume. Like it, it always looks right, you yeah. know? So when he's running through the different places and it's reflecting and it, I, I don't know, I, I got lost in it and I definitely like felt like, Oh, I want him to catch that droid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they figure out that it's being, you know, it's they're being controlled by nano droids. Like they follow the lead. This like classic Clone Wars plot. This is just so. It seemed very Clone Wars to me, but I want to swing back a little bit because one of the thing that happened in this show is it has the most talky talky scenes of a Mandalorian in a long time. Oh, yeah. I when they're sitting at the computer. The Nepenthe scene. Yeah. The the Commissioner Hellgate scene. It just felt like a lot of new stuff. Yeah. What did you feel about that? Yeah, well, I and I think you know it's easily a place where people get lost, uh, where their eyes glaze over. Uh, but you're like, "Ooh, tell me more. Tell yeah. me more about the nano droids that are in this oil fluid." Like, I think it's hilarious that like at the the beat where it's like, um, you know, they walk into the droid bar. It's like, wait, what do you mean there's a droid bar? Like, it's such a flip on the you know original. Totally. Like it's so cool. And you had um, some and you had some really great droids in there. Yeah. You know, they you know, 
you expect them all to be like. Did you see the, the concept out, art yeah, in do. the credits that showed a BB unit, but there was not a BB unit? Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Um, but like the fact that like all these droids are like, we love humans. They created us. We want to please them. I'm like, oh, you're little puppies. Yeah. Um, that's like adorable. Um, side note. They go into more droid politics in Clone Wars, right? Uh, mm, a little bit. Is a this lot. like the next untapped yeah. area of Star Wars? It's going to be droid stories. Yeah, I think I think they could do that. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're talking about clone rights on uh, the Bat Batch right now, I could see us getting into droid rights. Hey, that sounds that's very Blade Runner. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, what, so when they first got to uh, the planet, I th- they, were, mm. they were greeted by two droids, and I thought for a second that they were introducing these two like classic droids from uh, the comic book, like the Doctor Afra series. I don't think that's more like recent, but they're basically like dark versions of R two D two and C three PO. Um, that's cool and like they're like murderous droids <laughs> so like, okay because they they're like black and i was like i thought that's what we we're getting we we're gonna like see her in live action but they didn't uh, do that it would have been really okay. cool because like i thought that that was like a very very funny like dark twisting version of our our favorites um, <laughs> but that's uh cool. anyway so yeah no the, there's a lot of really great stuff i think we get to um Hellgate, Christopher Lloyd's character, he's he's very cool. I mean, it's like it's been a long time since we've seen him on on screen and and doing anything. And perfect, like, a perfect listen, perfect role a, for him. It's a great role. It's you know, I like to see him as a bad guy. You forget that he's so incredible in Roger Rabbit as the bad guy. Oh, he's so good. He's also the bad guy in Star Trek Three. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a, he's got a lot going for him when he does the villainous roles. I think. We often always just remember um, Doc Brown, Brown um, but you know he's got a lot of range, and it was—I think it was cool to see him as this separatist guy. I, I was down for it, and again, fleshing out this big universe, this universe, and his idea of like, look, the Republic was around, then the Empire, and now the New Republic. It doesn't matter to me, you know. Like- very, very Maz Kanata. You know, the idea that it's just so I'm old. Just, I'm just outliving all this. Who, yeah, for sure. I don't care who's who's paying the bills. Just like, yeah. Um, but. So this episode, I think, as divisive as it is, I think one of the cool things about it is that it kind of bookends, you know, a story that is a side quest with plot. Yeah. And they've been pretty consistently moving the story at least five or ten yards forward every episode. Yeah. You know, in a way that we are not used to for Mandalorian. Very, it seems that they've quickened the pace. It feels like they're trying to maintain a kind of momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you, do you feel that? I feel that too. Like, if this is a season one episode... They get to this planet, they do all the things, the episode ends before they get to the Mandalorian security guards. Like I totally thought for sure. I was like, okay, this is what we're setting up for next week. And then totally. they go and then they have their 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 duel and, and everything. I was like, awesome. 
we 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 got there. You're right. Like you got to first down, <laughs> like instead of ending on fourth down or whatever, like football, whatever. You know, totally. What I mean. Like we're starting in it. We're starting in a new place. So, I think that when you, okay, I don't know how I feel about the Mandalorians repurposing the Imperial ships yet. To me, that seems like okay, interesting, and and we'll set up, you know drama into the future um but i didn't know that there were other gauntlets can you speak to that as somebody who knows more about um the the animated lore uh about these ships do you know anything more about them than me i'm not great with ships okay i'm gonna be honest with i'm gonna be honest with you um don't lie to me baby but i mean I, i think what it is is like i think it just adds to this like old feeling of star wars like think about even in the original trilogy yes you have the the empire ships that are very distinctly empire but the rebels and everything that's all like scrapped together they're getting whatever their hands on whatever they can and so i feel like that's sort of like this next rollover of like well we have all these ships so like why not throw them back out into the the galaxy and and like because most people think that the, the, the empire is gone, so they're not worried about it being like actually the empire. Mm. Or there's like a little miscommunication at the beginning. It's like, yeah, we're flying this thing, but we're not empire. And so, because like what other ships are they going to have? I don't know. There's lots of ships, man. I, 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 listen, this is a nitpick. Um, I love the fight, though. Yeah, like, well, I, I love how bold she is. She's like, well, I want my fleet back. And... Uh, He's like, I'm not giving it back. He's like, okay, All right, challenge well, you to a duel. Yeah, it, I like I like their fight. Um, to me, you know, I, the ending sequence, it seemed very. Um, again, we we've said this many times. It seemed very much like a video game, mm. in that you know sometimes things happen because just they have to happen. Yeah. Uh, and listen, I'm well, I'm usually very very okay with that. Where I think that it changes is like, you know, we were we were both questioning, like, did he lose the dark saber with the, you know, the general grievous alien guy or not? What do you think? I guess yes. They said yes. I, yeah. Does well, she deserve it or not? Well, okay. Listen. So we've been talking about this forever since the end of season two, three fucking years ago, two years ago, whatever it was. Um. The, just the bullshit around the dark saber. Like, listen, it's supposed to be Bo-Katan's. That's it. They they made this whole loop de loops of everything. Uh, like at least until for right now, it's supposed to be Bo-Katan's. Maybe there will be a moment where Dinjarin like rises back up and he you know feels like he can use it or whatever. But for right now, that's what they need. And the whole reasoning behind is very flimsy. So I feel like in universe, they decide, look, it's very flimsy. (laughs) We're going to give it back to her because she can use it and she's fucking badass with it. Can you just get over your shit and follow your leader again? Because we're all spread across the galaxy. We got to unite. And and I think it works. I mean, I I like that he's kind of like, all right, look, 
<laughs> I suck with this thing. Let me find an outlet. Like they're on their way over. Like but Bo-Katan's like, I, I don't want to fight you. And he's like, I know I don't want to fight you either. We're bad. We're buddies. Like <laughs> I want to give you this thing. How can we make convince these people? And they're like, well, you know, I, you, you, I did. You did save my life back there. It's like, I guess, but like. Did that thing actually defeat you? It's like just to tell them that I was dying. <laughs> I'm dead. And you in order to, you know, save my life, you killed this thing with the dark saber or whatever. Like it works. It's fine. Just like tell your story. It's all about legacy ultimately, right? Mm. Like even start like like the Jedi, like at this point so much of what they've done is, is very much like here's you think about like um and legend and like Luke Skywalker. I thought he was a legend. Like you just gotta tell your story and be convincing. Mm. No, you're right. You're right, dude. Uh but I don't know. I, I think I'm excited for the next episode very, very much because I think that we're we're really they've really built a tremendous momentum. I don't think that the season ending will be anywhere near like lasting time. <laughs> Um, but also we don't have to wait that long because we have Ahsoka coming in a couple months. And with that, I will use this to seg you into all of the amazing news that we got from Star Wars Celebration in Europe this past weekend. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had one more thought on. on OK, on, on, before we, we, we dive. OK, um, all I want to say is. I'm getting nervous for the safety and the well-being of Bo-Katan. Yeah, that's, that, your game, that's your Game of Thrones instincts. That's my Game of Thrones instincts. <laughs> yeah. So I will leave it at that. She may rise and be the one true Darksaber Mandalorian. Or she may not. Or, or she may, and she may not last for long. Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't become a, a lead on a Star Wars show for two seasons. Mm. Um, anyway, Ahsoka coming August 2023, which is only four months away. We got That's a trailer really close. Really close. I mean, I, they said 2023, but we're like, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but, and we got a trailer and it looks awesome. And it looks okay. It doesn't look, it feels it is the pure successor to star Wars rebels. Yeah. Um, we have live action Hera. We have live action Chopper. We have live action Sabine. We see a little hologram of live action Ezra. We see the back of Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn's head, which we also get confirmed is being uh, uh, portrayed by Lars Mikkelsen, the guy that voiced him on Rebels. Yeah. it's um, We have these badass-looking Inquisitor-like dark Jedi something Sith somethings that look badass. Yeah. It, listen, that trailer rocks. It really, the people at Lucasfilm know how to make a fucking trailer. They, they always deliver. But I think what's so exciting about this is listen, I think the casting with Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think Sabine, whoever she is, she looks great. Uh, it looks like they've realized Filoni's vision and seeing how emotional he got on the panel kind of talking about that, I think that's almost what brings me into it. I'm excited that he posted 
a couple of the episodes people should be watching mm. um, to get into it. I'm glad that he was kind of sensitive that, you know, not everyone is really going to be watching the entire animated I, collection. And that, and it's a, a good point because you figure people that started with the Mandalorian and saw Ahsoka and were like, oh, man, Ahsoka's cool. Like, this is a big deal. And like, oh, wait, they're making a show. I don't want to miss out because everything is so connected. And like, pff, I'm sure we're going to get a Din Djarin appearance. Like, why not? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he's the Iron Man. Until he's dead, he's the Iron he's Man. He's Iron Man, yes. Um, and so people are going to be expecting that. But like, this plot is going to be heavily focused on the events of Rebels and the ending of Rebels. Um, yes. And, and, and not only is this show... It's also the thing that we've been theorizing for a long time that a another thing that was announced at Star Wars Celebration is that there is indeed a movie coming directed by Dave Filoni, which for all intents and purposes is going to be some form of heir to the Empire. Yeah. Realized on screen. Yeah. Uh, whether like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Is it going to be a Disney Plus movie or is it going to be an in-theaters movie? I think I think Mandalorian is big enough that they can do it and they can bring it to the, the big screen. I, and I don't think it's going to be a, like Inhumans fuck up like Marvel did a few years ago. No, dude, I, I 100% think this is going to theaters. The, to me, this that's going to be – that's his ascension. That's I, his That's his transition to – the cinematic level history that George Lucas is at is the ability. And, you know, it's, it's also, and, and to this point, you know, it's also a matter of where Favreau lines up in all this too. I think that part of the great teamwork that these two filmmakers bring together is that you have Favreau who has this tremendous body of work and experience and success. It's not just experience success with IP. Yep. And then you have Filoni, who is a visionary guy. How yeah. do you expand on something that is infinite? Right? How do you drill down into what is going to connect with an audience with something that is so specific? But you have to change it enough where people are going to be able to be invested and relate and then grow to love it. Like, the two of them, the, the partnership is huge. Yeah. So I, I, I'm curious to see how that's going to unfurl. But to me, this is the logical progression, right? This it, is this that is his ascension to the era. The done being the heir apparent of George Lucas, he is now the successor yeah. of George Lucas. Well, and, and I think what what will be important is the. Um, Kind of like the way, the way that they have to do it with, over in Marvel. Like, you can be a super fan and watch everything. Every animated show, every Disney Plus show, and then you can go and, and go to the movie and you'll get so much out of it. But I think what they're really going to focus on is a way to make this film be huge. And like, try to tap back into all those like extended universe fans that are like, oh man, I wish this was, you know, a movie. Or all those people like in the 90s that were like, man, are they going to do 
you know, episodes seven, eight, and nine with like uh, Luke Skywalker and and all that stuff. Like, I think there's a lot of potential for here, and and if they do it well, like maybe it's not just a movie. Like, <laughs> we'll see. Sure, um, it has potential to be that big. Um, so. To me, to me, I don't want them at this point. I would be very thrilled with one movie because it seems like it's this a culmination. Sto- it's a culmination, and and this story is the first time we're interweaving episodic television into a movie. Yeah. That's and so I don't I, want them. I don't want them to get ahead of their skis. I want them to complete the thought that they had. I I agree with you. <laughs> I, I also worry though. If we're talking about the scale of this film, and it's all the so complicated. It's so complicated. Does it become a, a two parter, like an Infinity War Endgame kind of situation? I'm also fine with that because the plot of this thing right now, the way it is, is so um, divorced from like the Skywalker saga until they decide it's not that they might have something big on their hands here that they can they can really succeed with. They can really milk. They can really milk. And so, <laughs> so <laughs> yes, but yeah, I don't know. I, um, it's I, not I, even milk. I, I guess my point is, it's like, if it's, if it's supposed to be like, this is how we're going to make star Wars movies from here on out. Like, I, I guess I don't need them to say this is a trilogy or this is a, a two part or a sequel. I'd be excellent with this story is super fulfilling but always leave room for more. Sure. And that's, that's the hardest part, right? Like how do you all, how do you close it while, you know, not fucking up everything. And then this is the one I'm the most excited about. And then I will end with the contra controversy. I'm very excited about this James Mangold idea. This to me seems like the correct direction I wanted to see for all of the Star Wars movies is to go off on tangents. Yep. And this seems like so it's 25,000 years before the events of the original trilogy and we're going back to the original the first Jedi. Numero so, uno. Numero uno. So uh listen, to me that seems like a perfect place for Mangold to go. I think the footage from Indy uh 5 looks absolutely fucking incredible it gets me hard um dude i am down you know this guy has made tremendous work uh you know listen one of the things that does happen a lot is there are many many star wars projects that get announced not all of them get made um (laughs) this to me seems very exciting and of all of the three that were pitched this seems like the longest shot for me and it also seems like the one i am kind of most excited about um only because it seems so out there and different and with plenty of room to uh to move around and stretch and be itself yeah what do you think about this one i'm really excited too i mean again i think so when they announced their last slate and and you know we have the acolyte coming up uh which is another um, 2024 release. Um, like, okay, we're, we're going back. We're going back before the stuff, um, which is exciting. On In comic books and, and other novels right now, they have this whole big thing, the High Republic, which is, you know, set one or 200 years before Phantom Menace. 
But again, like people love, 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 love the Knights of the Old Republic. And this idea of like this different universe that, that it, it almost feels like multiversal like in that like yeah we're talking about jedi we're talking about so many jedi and sith and it's like how can that be where it but they just say yeah it's in, far in the past and so to to decide and say we want to tell the story of how it all began fuck yeah i'm so here for that like yeah i'm i i think that the listen that sounds fun it sounds interesting it sounds different um I, i'm i'm I think that that sounds promising to me. Uh, I want to mention honorably uh, the Taika film was not brought up at this meeting. They said that it was still being developed. Um, not, that movie's not happening. It's, it's yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Still working Be- away on a Star Wars film. Okay. That's so, what he said. Okay. Or Cashman sure. said about it. Sure, sure he is. Sure yep. he is. Um, okay. So uh, the last one and the one we all got to talk about, um, you know, I have my two cents, so I'll, I, I'll make it very clear what I think. Um, so Ray is coming back. Daisy Ridley is returning. Was she there? Yeah, she was she there. Was. Okay. Uh, I just didn't feel like there was a lot of like, I'm back. I'm yeah. so excited to be back. <laughs> so this movie, you know, unrelated, doesn't seem like it's going to be called episode 10. But will take place after the events of Rise of Skywalker, and will focus on Rey teaching a new, um, you know, a new batch of Jedi. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna open it with you. What do you think, my friend? I'm so torn. Big sigh. Big sigh. Classic Frankie. Um, <laughs> I I'm so torn because like. In practice, it is the thing we want. Like, mm. we want to see the Jedi Academy. Yeah, this is what we've been all been asking for. But they they didn't make it when they were supposed to make it. Yeah. And now they're like, well, hey, everybody wants a Jedi Academy. <laughs> Let's, uh, we got a young actress. Uh, she was a star of the, the sequel trilogy. Let's just make it with her. Okay, I guess. Um, but there's just so much baggage with the, the sequels trilogy that like, and, and the way it ends in particular that like how an end end they're supposedly jumping 15 years, um, which how, uh, <laughs> she still looks like a baby. Um, I just, it, it is very confusing. Um, I understand wanting to, from a um, a marketing and like business perspective, be like, look, we we committed to Daisy and this trilogy, and it's not her fault that it got fucked up, and we we realize like George should have made another trilogy in the '90s with the cast, like we're gonna do that now, or something like that, and. But I just don't know if this is not this is one of the things that people are not asking for. This is something they're giving us that they think we want. And that's what makes me worried. It's a great way to say it, man. You said it perfectly. We're not asking for this. Nobody is. And 
it's not to say that we don't like Daisy. We all love Daisy. Mm-hmm. We all love Daisy. What we what we what we don't love is <laughs> them announcing projects that that just it you know it. It seems to me to be out of left field. Now, I saw on Nerdist that they said that this was the Damon Lindelof show. The Damon Lindelof movie Hmm. continued. We don't know if that's, you know, that's unconfirmed. But, you know, to me, that's very telling that, again, another project that Star Wars is trying to push through with many different high level creatives that cannot get out the door. All right. You know, uh, it's 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 sad, you know, but it also speaks to, you know, I think the quality control that they're trying to honor now that they have not put out another movie. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying that they necessarily could have, but, you know, we could be there is a universe in which the Taika Waititi trailer dropped this weekend and we're looking at a Taika movie in 18 months, mm-hmm. you know, coming that nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going. Instead, they're doubling down on the shows. They're, you know, moving the they're moving this plot forward. And they're constantly, constantly, I think, telling us that they are trying to be listening to us. And, and it gets exhausting. It gets exhausting because, listen, there are lots of different kinds of Star Wars fans out there. Yeah. And everyone wants something different. And, you know, I think what they what they did really well. And well, OK, let me back up because what well, like we just said about these two movies, the uh, the Dave Filoni movie is the movie I want. The James Mangold movie is the movie you want. The Daisy Ridley movie. Is this the movie that like the younger generation wants? Like for the kids that grew up with, with force awakens when they were eight years old, like uh, eight years ago, are they like stoked that they're going to keep, keep going with her? Is like the little girls, is she their hero that they want to like? And, and there may be a, a contingent of fans out there that were like, I want more Ray. And so maybe that's what their thought is like, this is how we please everybody. I, I don't know. Um, I, it, it makes me nervous. I mean, I just think that like it's a little fresh. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like, fresh. If you want to go, be, I, and I understand the other thing is that they they want to go beyond the rise of Skywalker, but they see it as a like an end point, and like how do they they get past it? Um, and I I almost would have preferred them to leap past it and um, come oh, back a, to it later. <laughs> what a perfect way to say it, man! Yes, they should have leapt forward, you know, and been you know, and waited. But I I think that something that we also don't know yet is the scale of how long these projects are going to be cooking for. Sure. And, you know, the idea that the Filoni movie is potentially six years away, that is three more seasons of Mandalorian if they make them every year and a half. Yeah. 
you know, uh, maybe four if we're lucky or maybe a, you know, a lead up series. I don't know. Um, yeah, you got but Ahsoka, I, you got, uh, it is interesting to me. Crew. There's all these things. Yeah. It's, it is interesting to me that the people that they bring back to celebration, mm-hmm. you know, like, like Gwendolyn Christie, like this poor woman, <laughs> you know, like she was there. She was why why would she go there? You know, unless they're doing shit with her. Why is a uh, fucking Palpatine there again? Well, you know, like see at this point, like but also it just seems like I don't know. This company like the way that they do it, I don't know. This one it seemed like a weird one. At least in I, terms of the announcements and the and the stuff that they did from I the celebration. Think, I think the thing that we get a little bit disconnected from, though, is that we expect this thing to be one thing, and it's not. Like, Star Wars Celebration, mm. I think, truly is supposed to be a celebration. Like, I think if you're there, maybe we you get it a little differently and understand what it's, like, about. And so, like, if you're just a fan of Star Wars, like, to go to a panel and see fucking Ian McDermott talking about, like, you know, all the shit he's been through, like, <laughs> like that's yeah. awesome. Like, that's what it's about, like, versus, like, some of these other Comic-Cons. Um, this is, like, really their opportunity to, like, celebrate Star Wars for what it is, and all the fans that are there um, just are going to eat it up. And, you know, us from afar, where we're just getting the news bits, it does feel a little like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> you're right. You're um, you're right. I didn't think about it like that. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Daisy Ridley. Good luck. Good luck. Um, I, I also, yeah, it's like, if it's not episode 10, what is it? Like, right. are they, does that mean that they're closing the door on an episode 10? We also don't need or want an episode 10 yet. Not yet. So. Nah, I don't know. We'll see, man. You were saying something before about like alternate universe. Like there's also like this alternate universe in which um, Rise of Skywalker isn't terrible. Mm. And it's like, the oh, you mean it's uh, the other guy? The Trevor version, Duel right. of the Fates. Oh, and then like they stick the landing and it's like the trilogy is like, wow, they did it. Like, this is so cool. And, you know, it's been over for four years and we're like, oh, my God, like Ray's coming back. You know? Yeah. It, 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 there is an alternate universe where it is awesome. I agree with you. Uh, but I also think that that is something that I think we're all careening towards. You know, I think that. We're a multiversal Star Wars or a time travel Star Wars ah. is coming soon. Well, let me tell you, it may be sooner than you think. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, because there were elements of it in Rebels and there are elements in the Ahsoka trailer that lead me to believe that the world between worlds may return. Which means we might have some Star Wars time travel and live action. Yeah, for sure. I think that they're de- they're definitely leading that way. They're definitely they, and I also think that there's definitely, you know, I don't know. I think that 
I don't put anything past all the things that they can do with the multiverse stuff and if how that will tamper with Star Wars. Yeah. But in all all that to be said, we have done a longer episode than we usually did. We 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 kept it under an hour though. Yes. <laughs> we kept it under an hour. Listen, uh if you like Star Wars like we do, please let us know. Tell us what you thought of celebration if you were there. Let us know something cool that happened. We wish we could go maybe one day. If they hold this fucking thing in New York, Frank and I will be there. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think Star Wars is intrinsically California. That's why we have our West Coast correspondent. Uh, anyway, um, please check out our website, www.longlostheroes.net. Please send us an email, info at longlostheroes.net. You can check us out on social media at LLH Podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know where it is, but you can also find us if you'd like to listen on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Apple, wherever you're going to be listening. And you can also always listen directly from the website. Frank, anything else, buddy? Just go look for all the news because there's too much to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, there's we a lot missed of really, anything. There's a lot of cool shit. Just I'm eating, eating it up, but, uh, you know, enjoy. There's There's something for everybody, so... Thanks, everyone. Take care, folks. Have a good, good week. Bye.